1: Hey, this is Morton Anderson, all time leading scorer in the NFL history, and you're listening to the Jake Brown Show.
0: And welcome to the Jake Brown Show, everybody. CBS Radio's play it, iTunes Spotify Stitcher where you find us. You can follow us on social media at Jake Brown Show and follow me at Jake Brown Radio. It's Super Bowl week. You're hearing this. The Falcons are back in the Super Bowl for the first time since nineteen ninety-nine and only the second time in their franchise's history. And a pivotal piece of that team, a guy who kicked them to the Super Bowl over those almighty Minnesota Vikings, a guy who's kicked for more years—about uh, well, the same amount of years that I've been alive. I'll be 26 on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, it is more in Anderson. He's got more points than everybody in the league. Morin, what's going on, man? Good talking. To you, uh, good talking to you again.
1: Yeah, no, I'm doing great. Uh, <clears throat> wow, tw- you're only 25. <coughs>
0: 20 yeah, to- I'm a youngin, man.
1: Well, that's a good thing, brother. You, uh, you have uh, everything in front of you and a little bit behind you, so <laughs> lots to look forward to.
0: Not aging well, though, because people usually think I'm 35 or 40. It's a receding hairline when bald. Uh, yeah. I guess my career, yeah. people think I'm older, but hey, I guess, I guess for guys, it's good when you look older versus a girl. When you say that to a girl, you get slapped across the face.
1: You can always do it like LeBron where he does like the the pencil thing and <laughs> move the hairline forward. You, you could do that, look.
0: Or I could go wear more... A
1: hat or oh, wear a hat. Oh, or wear a mullet from the 80s. Well, that's oh, what I was going to say.
0: I was going to say I'll pull a Mort from the 80s, and luckily the uh, yeah. internet wasn't around back then. Your picture would be all over the place. You'd be trending.
1: <laughs> I'd have a uh, yeah, I'm trending, all right. <laughs> I mean, you may... I might have a wig laying around somewhere from the '80s—a little flog of seagulls. You probably don't even
0: know who that is. <laughs> I don't, but I—I I hope you bring it to uh, Houston for Radio Row.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stay as far away from Radio Row as possible. Right. A lot of money drops in my lap. <laughs> All
0: right. Well, I'm, I'm glad we got got you on the phone here. Uh, you're going to be in Houston. You'll find out uh, Saturday if you're in the Hall of Fame fourth year. I, I told you before we started, Terrence. Mathis said you were robbed. I think you were robbed. Is this the year you finally get in? Do you have good, uh, high hopes this year?
1: I got good vibes, but I have good vibes every year. You know, I'm a positive guy, so uh, a lot of uh, it's going to take a lot to get me down. You know what I'm saying, Jake? It, mm-hmm. It's uh, it's really not worth it uh, to to get too upset about it. You have to realize. There's 14 other guys plus plus who who are deserving who who are going to be in that room under discussion and so man, I'm just honored to be be one of those guys. I know that sounds a little bit like a company line, but eventually they're going to be tired of looking at my uh, my name in that room and say we we haven't uh, wow we haven't brought him through yet. Maybe it's time. So as long as I'm still in, in in the room and part of the conversation on Saturday before the Super Bowl, that's a good thing.
0: So it doesn't I, – I think you and we all think you'll eventually get in. It doesn't bother you that you haven't got in yet? Like, are you're cool with it?
1: I don't know if I'm cool with it. That's <laughs> probably, uh, you know, a little little strong. I mean, I think it's – I think the timing would be really good this year. I think the field lends itself to a uh, – someone like myself uh, who maybe haven't been uh, in the final discussion a lot of previous years where you had a Brett Favre when you had guys that were kind of slam dunks Um, so I I think this year might lend itself to at least uh, some of the voters uh, taking a look and saying you know um, this guy is a a strong candidate and uh, we're gonna vote for him so that's kind of what I'm hoping uh, I don't have a lot of room really to 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 for negative feelings or bitterness I, I i don't have a lot of use for it it's kind of wasted energy to me um i just i i choose to focus on having a good time in houston and enjoying the process and i, lo- I know lots of friends down there and lots of uh, colleagues uh who i played with and played against so it'll be a good time it'll be like a reunion so not really sweating it, but it would be awesome. It would be very cool if, if, if it happens, obviously.
0: And you said if you do get in, you will go to the game, and if you don't, you will likely not go to the game.
1: That's true. That's very true. I, uh, I, I plan on going to the game because... They require you to go to the game mm. they introduce you, I think, in the first quarter.
0: Hmm. Uh,
1: they introduce the new new class, but uh, if I'm not elected, I will fly home with my wife and we'll, we'll hang out with our kids and watch the game uh, in Atlanta.
0: What is the Morton Anderson Super Bowl setup? What, what's the food? What snacks you got rolling?
1: You mean in the uh, at home, if I'm staying at home and yeah. watching it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Probably going to the man cave. Got my little sports bar downstairs, you know, with all my uh, all all the I love me stuff and and a lot of I love other guys stuff too. Um, uh, Memorabilia that I had from when I ran a sports bar, owned a sports bar in New Orleans, and um, just things I've acquired over the years from guys in the Pro Bowl and and really unique stuff that's been game worn and. Fun stuff, I'd probably um, have a glass of wine, watch the game with my boys and in the in the lazy boy in, in high def, you know what I mean?
0: It sounds like a, a, a quality Sunday with the family, I'll say that. Um, when when yeah. you, when you if you do and when you do, I'll say, eventually get in. Do you think that, trans, that changes everything for kickers and special teams players down the road like a Justin Tucker who we're already seeing emerge as probably the best kicker in football right now? Do you think it, it changes things for the future?
1: So that's hard to say. I mean, it's been I don't know how, how long since John Stenerud went in, and it took uh, I think it took a great guy over 20 years to get in, 23 years to get in, and he went in as a senior selection. So it's not like the voters are eager to put us in. So <laughs> we uh, I hope it changes. You know I hope it it opens the door for more guys that are qualified and who are considered some of the greatest uh, in the game, regardless of what position. Uh, you play. I think it's important to mention that, you know, they call a specialist, but really the game of football is so specialized now that it's hard to really point to one position and say that position is not a specialized position. You have uh, pass rushers to come in on third down. You have nickel backs. You have all kinds of players on, on both sides of the ball who are, are very good at you know, one or two things that brought in in situational in situations and playing situational football. And it's the same with the kicking position, the punting position, the long snapping position. We uh, were brought in, uh, we have a s- certain set of demands on us and a certain skill set. And so I think we I would like to move the conversation away from us being called, uh, you know, different than the rest of just because our knuckles are not in the ground. I w- I'd like to see us just uh, be treated as, as uh, you know, human beings, of course, <laughs> but as football players, uh, because we do contribute. We put points on the board, and we've. I, I never felt I wasn't part of a team. I felt I was one of the leaders on and off the field, and I felt I contributed as much as the next guy, and I felt that my teammates felt that the same way, um, and so... I think the conversation needs to move towards a more broader understanding that the kicking position is really a viable uh, football position, and let's treat it as such.
0: Morton Anderson joining us. The all-time leading scorer in NFL history, 2,544 points. He played 360 straight games. I don't think I could show up to work 360 straight times, Uh, so that's pretty impressive. You kicked the Falcons to the Super Bowl in 1999, and you're just a guy who came to America as an exchange student. In 1977, you go to Michigan State, uh, kill it there, and then your first moment's born in the NFL. Uh, is it true that in your first season you twisted your ankle and you missed uh, the first eight weeks of the season? That's true, right?
1: Yeah, the, very, the opening kickoff, we're playing the St. Louis Cardinals, and I kicked off um, into the end zone. It was a touchback, and there was a guy named Randy Love, number 40 for the St. Louis Cardinals, who started chasing me. He didn't know the play was over. I knew the play was over, but I also saw this big guy running towards me, so I decided in, uh, you know, basically an act of self-preservation to run away from him. And as I was trying to do that, I snapped my ankle on the AstroTurf in the Superdome and and tore my ankle ligaments in my ankle, and I was out. We had a strike, too, so uh, there was only a couple more games uh, played, and then we had uh, lots of weeks uh, on strike, and then we came back and played a another couple of games, so 82 was kind of a, a screwed-up year anyway.
0: So uh, you could safe to say you only went up from there. I mean, what a bizarre start to your 25-year it was, you know, career.
1: It was horrible. <laughs> it was pretty bad, um, but kind of lucky maybe in, in, a, in a sense that we, we had work stop. It's, it gave me a chance to get healthy so that when uh, we went back and started playing games again, I was healthy and uh could get plugged right back in and continue my career.
0: You're with the Saints a dozen years. You go to the Falcons. It takes a couple of years. You guys get by the almighty Vikings. Obviously we know Randy Moss, Chris Carter, that team was stacked. You kicked them oh, yeah. to you kick you guys to the Super Bowl and you look at that team and I talked about this with Terrence. You guys weren't that star studded cast. It was kind of a ragtag team that found a way to win fourteen games. I mean that year had to be Stand out versus your other seasons as truly special. It's kind of an underdog story.
1: It is, uh, but make no mistake, we had great players. Yeah, uh, we just we didn't have the bling bling to go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the Vikings, uh, because they had set scoring records uh, on offense, and um, and Randy was a, a you know a specimen. Obviously, he was a, a phenom uh, his rookie year and just athletic as, as heck. I mean, it was it was. Um, they were fun to watch, and so we were kind of under the radar until we weren't. Uh, until we beat them, and nobody expected us to beat them in the Metrodome there on January 17, 1999. But uh, we did, and and you know that's 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 the beauty of sports, man. You gotta you gotta. That's why we. That's why they play the games, as as uh, Somerall would say. But uh, great, um, great fun in the Metrodome, and uh, under the radar. A very workmanlike team but holding each other accountable, high standards, great coach who had gone through some real difficult personal times with his health and quadruple bypass surgery a couple weeks before. and So there were lots of adversity, and we kind of rallied around that whole thing and, and, and did something special.
0: Do you draw comparisons this year's Falcons team to that team? Mathis did a little bit. Do you?
1: I do it from the standpoint of the strong personalities in the locker room and the leadership and holding each other accountable. And uh, I think maybe this team that, that I'm looking at right now has uh, more speed. Of course, <laughs> everybody's stronger, bigger, faster uh, than, than we were you know, 18 years ago. But this, this Falcons team has really got some speed uh, on both sides of the ball and at the skilled positions. Um, it, pretty fun to watch. But I think uh, the similarities are that uh, you know believing in each other, holding each other accountable to really high standards and then playing and performing and, and being in a loose locker room that that kind of keeps distractions to a minimum and and have fun together and and play for each other
0: you you look back at that team and Dan Reeves was the guy uh, what how important was he and how good of a leader was he for that for your squad that year?
1: yeah and I think you know Dan doesn't get enough credit for for how he he coaches and how he he leaves people alone too he the great thing about Dan reeves is he was a he was a player himself a very good player and uh he was a player coach uh, with the dallas cowboys mm-hmm. um, and uh and then of course a coach with the Broncos, the giants and uh, and the falcons so he had the experience, and he also had the, um, the understanding and the kind of the finger on the pulse of his team when to uh, go hard and, and when to uh, let us go home, if you will, uh, and when to relax, when to um, uh, throttle back. And He just had, had a real deep understanding of the game and how a team worked and the psyche of a team and the players and what made us tick. <clears throat> he was a great guy, great guy to play for.
0: Being a guy you played in Atlanta, how how essential would it be for the city here to finally get a title and close out the Georgia Dome uh, with a championship?
1: It'd be huge, uh, because, you know, a little tired of the evil empire up north, you know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Uh, yep. uh,
1: and it's it's just kind of, um, and there's a reason they're really good in New England. I mean, they've done it for 10 years, they've been very successful, and and that combination of Belichick and Brady obviously works, but it's really Belichick because when Brady was gone, they were still three and one. So, uh, you know, it would be huge for Atlanta to start establishing this winning tradition here of having top echelon teams. You know, the Braves uh, won the World Series, but it's been a long time uh, since then. And, uh, you know, Atlanta always gets a bad rap for being a transient city, which it is. Uh, and that it's fans are not passionate and that's just not true. Um, I've just said maybe a, a while back, it was true, but I just feel like everybody's rallying around, not only, you know, this team, but, uh, I have to go to a lot of Hawks games too. And, and the place is packed and, and people are very engaged about, uh, their NBA franchise. So I think Atlanta is, is, is a great city, f- uh, for sports, um, and a uh, heck of a place to live, but, um, we're, uh, We're excited to see if if they can do it, and uh, it would be great for the city and the fans and the franchise and start something special here.
0: And this new stadium, it looks like it's going to be pretty epic. Wow. Um, Pretty
1: epic is is an understatement on this thing. It's unbelievable.
0: uh, I imagine you'll be there for the uh, first game?
1: Yeah, I'm sure we'll be back. Uh, I know the Falcons had planned some things with some of the the former players uh, when they opened that thing up, and it's... uh, it's going to be something to see i look I look forward to seeing that for sure all
0: right, break down the Super Bowl for us. I imagine you're picking the Falcons, but uh tell us why break it down
1: well i think uh, I think the Falcons will win um, I think it'll be a close game. New England has the advantage of having been there before and and that is that is a distinct advantage because the game can seem overwhelming if you have never been. In, in that scenario, before, if you haven't been in, in that environment, uh, I might mean, just remember from my own personal experience that it was uh, kind of overwhelming, and it, it so. If the Falcons can hang around the first quarter, get rid of the nerves, and then just play their game with their team speed on offense and and, and get some scores, and, of course, never turn the ball over in the red zone. I mean, usually you turn over. If, if you point to one thing, it's usually the turnover ratio and who turns the ball over and who doesn't. So uh, whoever makes the most mistakes, I think, early, that that could be crucial. And uh, I think it would be a heck of a game, actually, um, uh, Weather's not a factor. Obviously, it, I'm sure the roof's going to be closed down there, so it'll be an indoor game basically, and um, should be a heck of a game.
0: The Great Dane is joining us. Follow him on Twitter at m a two five four four. We're talking Super Bowl. We're talking football kickers this year, man. I mean, they moved the extra point back, and it seems like everything uh, changes. Uh, what's happening to kickers here? And it's I feel like. The mediocrity has settled in this year for a lot of kickers.
1: I just think they're making too much out of it. And I, I told a couple guys that I work with, it's, it's no longer an extra point, guys. It's a 1.33 yard field goal, and you got to start treating it like a field goal. And, uh, you know, it, guys are trying to guide it, put it on the hash marks, put the thing in the middle, aim for the middle, because the middle never changes, and hit the darn thing right down the pipe. Um, I think. These guys, it's getting inside their head a little bit, and um, it's actually probably the single most significant change in rules that the NFL has done in many years that has impacted the game. Certainly, it impacted the bet, you know the betting line and so forth in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, are these missed extra points that at the end of the game you go, "Wow, yeah." There's that point, you know, that, that they didn't get um, in the first quarter, second quarter, whenever. So um, I like the rule change. Uh, I would like to see one little tweak on the two-point conversion instead of having it where it is now. Move the two-point conversion a little closer to the goal line, and I think you'll see some interesting things with guys, teams, going for, uh, for two points even more.
0: I would, I would, if they moved it any closer, I think I would go for two every single time. Uh, if it was a mm, yard well, away.
1: Well, that's, you know, that's, that's what I would love to see. Um, still not a given, but mm-hmm. uh, it would uh, it would open up a nice, uh, you know, Pandora's box of possibilities of what could happen.
0: Could you still kick today, well, and how long would you be able to kick?
1: You know, the last time I kicked was my last game against Seattle in 2007.
0: <laughs> Never again? Never entered entered your mind to just go back out there?
1: Now, well, it, you know, on the beach in in Te- Panama Beach or down in Destin, I actually did kick. Uh, it was kind of a a funny story. My my buddy Jamie and I were on on the beach with our families at spring break, and uh, we'd had a couple of cold po- you know pops and feeling kind of loose. And the, it was a beautiful sunny day, and I was barefoot, and I had I brought a couple of NFL footballs, and nobody knew. We had sunglasses and hats on. Nobody knew who we were, or I was, or anything. So. I said, Jamie, go go down thirty yards and put your hands up and like act like you know, just stand there like pose. And I started popping kicks through the through his arms. Well, five ten minutes after that, now a crowd is gathering, you know, because this is looking pretty good. (laughs) So they're going, man, you got to look at this uh, half half drunk guy kicking field goals (laughs) on the beach. This guy's pretty good. And of course, nobody recognizes me, which is funny. I'm in my little speedos and <laughs> a shirt and a hat and sunglasses, barefoot, and we're just laughing. And uh, you know, guys started coming up. Man, who, who are you? What, what, you should try out. You should, you should, you should try it. You should try to work. You know, work out for an NFL team. I go, yeah, I might, man. I'm not really sure. You know, I'm getting old.
0: What What <laughs> so year was this?
1: Oh, well, It was last last spring, so I was like 55 years old, you know.
0: <laughs> At 55, go work out for a team.
1: Go back. Oh, man. It was, hilarious. It was just kind of hilarious. But uh, so I guess 2007 wasn't the last time I, I kicked. I've, I've done it a, a little bit on a beach in Destin, Florida.
0: Justin Tucker, and that's a great story, by the way. Justin Tucker kicked one from pra- uh, in practice this week from 75 yards. Could you imagine making one from that deep?
1: Wow, this week? What's he doing practicing right For, now? Pro Bowl.
0: Pro yeah. Bowl practice. Oh, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. The irrelevant pro uh,
1: bowl. <laughs> I made a 74 in practice in college, but um, I had wind behind me. I, that's a boot.
0: You made 170?
1: 74 in practice wow. at Michigan State, but uh, that's, what are you saying, 75? That's a really long kick.
0: Yeah. yeah. What was the longest one that you attempted?
1: I attempted a 72-yard against Northwestern in Chicago, uh, Michigan State Northwestern, back in 1981. Uh, It fell about four yards short. Hmm. Probably would have been good for me, 68. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw the video of 75. I was like, this will
1: never happen in the game ever. Uh, but, no, right. but he, they might in the Pro Bowl. They might give it to them.
0: You might as well. I mean, they, they need some viewers there. Get, get I, some thought, I thought
1: I had, the Pro, I had the Pro Bowl record for a long time at 53 or 54, so that would be a joke. Yeah. <laughs> Break it by <laughs> 20 yards.
0: Yeah, nice. easily. Uh, Moran Anderson, good luck, man. I hope you get in this year. Enjoy your time in Houston, and I appreciate you coming on the Jake Brown Show,
1: man.